2: So I know we were all watching the Bengals-Bills game last night, uh, and it it was really interesting too, Maggie, because immediately I had a a number of medical questions that even the broadcast was waiting to find out. I think we're still waiting to find out. But right now we're lucky enough to be joined by clinical professor of family medicine at Temple, Dr. Brian McDonough, and host of the Brian McDonough Show podcast, uh, who's going to help hopefully answer some of our questions about what happened on the field last night. Dr. McDonough, thanks for joining us, and uh, I'm just curious, what was your initial reaction when you saw what happened to DeMar Hamlin?
1: Well, actually, initially I was watching the 76ers, and immediately my phone started, you know, going off, and I switched over, and at that point, I just saw people milling about the field, but I saw the emotion in people's faces, and then shortly thereafter, you know, Twitter being what it was, I saw the play. So I had been prepared. When I saw that, at first I was looking, I don't think that was head trauma, and then I kind of replayed it. I said, oh, my gosh, he was hit in the chest. And, and the thing that many of us think of at that point, it's called commotio cordis, but essentially blunt trauma to the chest, if you catch the heart at the exact right time in its cycle, it goes from a normal beat to what's called ventricular fibrillation. And the way I describe ventricular fibrillation, it's like, it's like a bag of worms. Uh, it like Instead of beating and pushing blood throughout the body, which carries oxygen, it just starts like wriggling and, and really doing nothing productive. And if you notice, he got up because he had the blood perfusing for a couple of seconds and boom, he went down. So my worry was obviously cardiac arrest at that time, thinking it might be the trauma. And again, this is all speculation because we still don't know. But I think, you know, they slow it down and you see it. Uh, it. It looks as if that was the issue. And then, of course, my eyes were trying to see, are they doing CPR? Do they have an AED? And, you know, and obviously, like everyone else, we were following this. Um, so that was kind of what I saw at the time. But I, didn't, I did not see it live.
0: So, Dr. McDonough, beyond the immediate CPR and the AED, what, what is the treatment for this? If this is, you know, what you say, what is the treatment?
1: Well, once he's in the situation where they get a heart rate back, it's almost like the way we would treat someone who had a cardiac arrest for a wide variety of reasons. What you do is you want to make sure, obviously, you get the pulse back as soon as you can and get oxygen on board. Because remember, if the heart hasn't been beating that well, they they literally can break it down. Every minute you go without oxygen, it's 10% less chance of survival and greater issues because all the organs, particularly the brain, need that oxygen. So the treatment is, let's get some oxygen on board, which I I know they did because the report is that they did intubate him. They they put a breathing tube down. So what they're doing now is they sedate him, um, and and I would think in in knowing cardiology, they they probably are cooling him, uh, trying to do what they can to uh, maximize the efficiency of the oxygen that's going around the body. And the hope is, after maybe a 24-, 36-hour period, They can, and things are going well. They can bring him out of it and then see uh, what may or may not have happened. Now, remember, right now, I'm sure they can monitor his brain with studies. They're checking blood work. You know, they're doing all these things. They're checking the liver, the kidneys, and all those things. So they have a sense of if there was damage done and to what degree. But until you bring that patient out, you often don't really know what it's going to be, especially with the brain and if there was... uh, you know, some brain damage or well, but I would suspect at this point his heart and everything else is probably back to normal if he, if in fact this was the cause and it wasn't, you know, some other underlying condition, which it's highly unlikely. It's something else just because they do, you know, so many thorough physicals at this point, a player of that level they're he's been examined again and again, uh, you know, whether at Pitt or with the Bills or other places.
2: We're talking to Dr. Brian McDonough, host of the Dr. Brian McDonough Show podcast. So, doctor, just to clarify a little bit about what you were just saying, how much of that could be done on the field in the ambulance? I know the NFL has uh, a whole set of procedures. Was It sounded like what some of what you're describing happens in the hospital. Uh, right yeah. there on the field, how much could they actually do?
1: On the field, they could probably do three major things. First of all, get the CPR going. Uh, use an AED that you know the defibrillators, which are pretty pretty standard, and then also get the oxygen going. They can do all of those things on the field, and they clearly can do all of that in the ambulance. So I know the ambulance was there for a while. I think, for instance, when they were, uh, I think, getting his mother to come to the ambulance. I heard reports of that. Those kind of things they can do in a, you know a stable environment and, and get him going. Once he was in the hands of uh, the EMTs, the doctors, and the people there. That's it, and I know you know from interviews with Jeff Miller and others at the n f l that they practice these scenarios you know they go over these situations and 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 they prepare for a cardiac event, so they know what to do and from my understanding, both the Bills and Cincinnati medical teams you know both got there as soon as they could, but again, I don't know how quickly they got there, nor do we know how quickly those things happened because only the people providing the care we know that
0: talking with Brian McDonough, Clinical Professor of Family Medicine at Temple University School of Medicine. What are the range of outcomes here, Dr. McDonough? Is it possible that DeMar Hamlin could and, and will make a full recovery, or what, what are the possibilities?
1: Well, you obviously hope for a full recovery, and certainly yeah. that is possible. Uh, we see that with people who have cardiac events. I mean, they come back and there are no issues. Uh, and then and then, obviously, it runs the gamut again, it really comes down to what damage was done by not having oxygen supplied to the vital organs and again, the number one is the brain. If anything happens to the body, the brain sacrifices everything else because that 's the that 's the organ that the body protects naturally so yeah, the brain may be fine and then you know maybe and, and, and it literally goes down the line by what 's most vital uh and that 's just something that 's physiologic, but the reality is. He could come out of this fine, or depending on the amount of time and the issues associated with it, he could have other, other issues as well. And, and we won't really know that uh, until later. You know, what he has in his favor is he's young, um, he's otherwise healthy, and he's in obviously tremendous condition. All of those things will help him. I mean, um, you know, it, it runs the gamut. Of course, we normally see older people have these situations, and it, it can be a lot more difficult in those cases.
2: Dr. McDonough, so when we think of football injuries, I think the most serious one we all think of is head injuries. And you mentioned that was your initial reaction. Oh, it must have been a head injury. Uh, Are you surprised that something like this happened with the heart? How rare is this in this kind of athletic competition?
1: It's rare primarily because of the fact that the heart, as it goes through its rhythm, it has to be in a specific part of its cycle when you get hit. So already, you know, you can get hit there, dozens of times and it's not a problem if in fact it has the hit at the right time with the right amount of pressure in the right situation it can occur so we actually see it you see it in little league uh, you see it in soccer you see it in um ice hockey uh, and we really haven't seen it as much in football and uh, we're not sure you know they looked at studies and i was looking at them today like is the padding protective naturally the padding protects but you know, are they wearing less padding than they used to? They all seem like kind of they're thinner up top, but they might have composite padding. I'm sure they're going to look at those things and say, you know, are we protecting the heart to the level we should? Um, In in Little League Baseball now, they they will have, you can have special pads that you can put in the uniform. I think one of the things that's real important that comes out of this for everybody who's listening is if your children are playing in a sport or you're playing in a sport or whatever in in a setting, you really should have one of those, defibrillators there. And the second thing that I think is really important is, you know, they made CPR simpler than it used to be. You don't have to do the breathing and the chest compressions like they taught years ago. It's just get those compressions in because it's getting the blood flow and buying time to keep the blood flow going uh, until the, you know, whether you get an AED or you get uh, people there because a um, the very high percentage of people who have these events just on the street or wherever won't make it because there's often no one who gets to them or they, they don't know what to do.
2: Wow. Thank you, Dr. McDonough. Of course you can follow Dr. Brian McDonough at Dr. Brian McD uh, and the Dr. Brian McDonough show podcast. And I am also a Sixers fan, full disclosure here. And I was flipping between the two games. Uh, we w- we'll talk about that another time, but really appreciate your insight here. And I, I hope You know, next time we talk, it's under better circumstances. Thank you very much.
1: Definitely. All right. Have a good day.
0: Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Dr. McDonough. Appreciate that so much. He was a huge. Dr. McDonough is incredible and uh, explained that so well. He was an amazing resource for us when when COVID first hit. And we talked with him all the time in New York because things were so dire. But he explained that perfectly. (sighs) Spring is a time
3: of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?